Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Logan Pete Show. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Mr. Lukey Moore. Welcome to the show. Uh, on the last show, uh, we discussed, well, a couple of things, really. Uh, me going on a ghost hunt in a nuclear bunker. Uh, and yeah. Luke uh, revealed that uh, his neighbour uh, is being a naughty little plonker by putting up a muggy little uh, corn outside her house. Which <laughs> you sound is, so uh, East London then, mate. So I London know, right? then, mate. I, I find that when I talk to um, pets and animals, sometimes children, I become very Essex. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not right. <laughs> I've never heard you use the word plonker before because you are famously anti-only fools and horses. Oh, oh, so I'm down in on the ghost hunt in the... Um, Ghost Hunt Part Two, love this. Ghost Hunt Part Two. I was down in the uh, in the in the in the sort of rec room, sort of um, places where people were like sort of eating uh, at, at the Kelverdon um, Hatch um, nuclear bunker in Essex. And uh, on Friday night, uh, at one o'clock in the morning, I noticed that uh, behind me was a cover of the Christmas Radio Times uh, with the whole Only Fools and Horses family uh, from Del Boy to uh, what year? All of the rest of them. I don't know. It looked kind of fe- it looked kind of eighties to me. It looked kind of um, that's a great little. You could probably sell that on eBay for good wedge. Uh, look, if that lad who came back in a body bag, bag from North Korea has taught me anything, don't steal posters. However oh, yeah. interesting that you may find them. I don't think the discontinued nuclear facility regime in the UK is quite so intense. No, certainly not as... at 1am when I'm fucking about all the computers, <laughs> pulling, all the pa- <laughs> pulling all the paper out of the printers. How did that guy in North Korea even um, find himself doing what he was doing? I think he was on one of those kind of like um, dark tourism tours. Uh, He thought, ha ha ha, no one can stop me. I'm from the West. And then they went, yeah, to the gulag. And he came back um, very bruised and dead. Yeah, and um, Mm. it's quite poor form, isn't it, generally? It's a bit of a faux pas to be doing those kind of tours anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, the there's a very I good reason. Because I'm not you would have, you would have done it. I would have only done them. I've been the DMZ and peeked in with a big um, telescope, and like the whole kind of like leafleting thing basically says peek into peek into North Korea, and you can you can see like Pyongyang, and you can see like that little Potemkin village of sort of set up. It's really unimpressive, like looking thing. Like if they're showing off to the rest of the world, it's not good. It's not a good looking Potemkin village. Stick a McDonald's isn't it, isn't in there. It, isn't it a bit, didn't you feel a bit like you were kind of gawping at a human zoo, though? And that's also a bit distasteful. Well, I mean, I couldn't say anything. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I was. Is it, yeah. Mo- is it in the top ten most distasteful things you've done? No, not even this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you still, you still reeling from the ghost hunt. I, mean, I, I think we should send you on more of these types of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Luke, um, you are a famous um, supporter of the comedic arts uh, comics. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I knew you were going to fucking say this. I knew as soon as I saw this hit the front page of the fucking BBC <laughs> website and Sky News today. I was like, he's going to fucking pull me up on this and I can't be doing with it. Top 10 jokes of the 2023 fringe. We're not oh, going to do them all, but God. we're certainly going to do the one that was voted uh, the top one. Why is the top 10, why is the, like, the, the favourite joke of the fringe always universally a piece of shit like it's always shit it denigrates every bit of hard work that all of these um, young stand-ups do they spend years honing their craft and then someone called Lorna Rose Treen who I'm sure is quite lovely and, and fantastic and talented she I think she'd well, don't be say annoyed that. just try to get out for what you're about to I think she'd be her. annoyed that this was pulled out as the best joke from the fringe who is reviewing that as the best joke of the fringe it's voted on I think the joke is I started dating a zookeeper, but it turned out he was a cheater. Which absolute very definition of a big normie is voting that as the best joke of the fringe? Why are they always so awful? So the reporting of it is also interesting. So that I I have read that, and I knew that you were going to ask me about it today, so I actually watched the joke as well. Right. And the joke she delivers isn't the joke that's being reported. Okay, right. Because if you look at it, as, you, as you've just said it there, as it's written down, mm. I, I started dating a zookeeper. It turned out he was a cheater. That doesn't actually make any fucking sense. Right. Because a zookeeper would, you know, a cheater wouldn't, wouldn't be a zookeeper. What be, she yeah. actually says was, says says is, I started dating someone from the zoo. It turns out he was a cheater. Which that makes is, more sense. It's a terrible joke still, but it makes more <laughs> sense. And and I think that... So basically how it works is like it's sponsored by the TV channel Dave mm. and it's drawn up by a panel of comedy critics. Mm. And then I think several thousand members of the public who've attended The Fringe get to vote on the shortlist. Right, okay. So I mean, ultimately, n- none of them seem particularly well-crafted. Um, but am I alone here? And I might be alone. It's like you and me here, but I mean, producer Rory as well. Am I alone here in thinking that surely the same way that... You know, culture and the arts follows this general path anyway. 95% of fucking stand-up comedy is going to be terrible, isn't it? I mean, I mean, we, we don't good, have, I mean, we have, do have to go through all, all the stand-up comedy. We've, we've kind of, we've ploughed that furrow um, pr- pretty heftily. Um, and you, you made your feelings well, you very, very clear. Oh, well, I'm bringing up the, I, the, I just like the, I mean, bearing in mind there was like a massive vogue forever about um, uh, stand-ups who'd uh, experienced loss, and that was kind of their. For about five years, everyone just had a had a um, a podcast about their dead dad or something. Like, I'm every, sorry that was about your loss. Don't get me involved. That's every nothing show. to do with me. But now, but then they, all of these kind of quite thoughtful shows get distilled down to the top ten jokes of the fringe. Yeah, it's poor. Um, it's poor. Yeah. Where, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I. I mean, I'll take uh, when women gossip, we get called bitchy. When men do it, it's called a podcast. F- fine. that That's functionally that's like, fine. To me, but but Pete, it's that's been a, done so many times before. Yeah, that's like a five-year-old joke. Exactly. I thought I'd start off with a joke about the Titanic just to break the ice. Spellsy. If, if I'd seen the word Marcus Speller there, yeah. instead of Maisie Graham, or Messiah Graham, I would have said, uh, I, well, that sounds like something Marcus would say. That how, joke is a joke from the fucking 80s. How do celiac Germans uh, meet each other? Gluten targ. It's not... 
it's barely a even a pun. Yeah, it's just a... I'm Germany. usually on the side of the stand-ups, Luke, when you're having your little rant. <laughs> you can't defend this it. This is un- indefensible. Is that all you've been doing up north of the border <laughs> in Edinburgh? <laughs> eating chips and doing that? Good God. Yeah, it's... it's Take some it's, drugs or something. Do you think... Well, hang on. <laughs> do you think that... And this is what you don't like, because you've, no, um, you've got no respect for your own contribution and your own output, right? right. So you, you find these kind of conversations hard to, ha- hard to have and hard to answer these kind of questions. Mm. Um, but, Pete, honestly, you and I could sit down for an hour and write <laughs> fucking ten better jokes than this, and we never thought about doing stand-up. It would say... It would say but it would say... The, it, but it'd be foul. It would use the word com. <laughs> it wouldn't be... But yeah, but what's it wrong wouldn't with be that? on a BBC website... What's wrong yeah, with that? I, good. Exactly. Good. I, I think I think there is a, no, to be to- totally <laughs> fair, I don't I mean the problem is you've got this culture around it where every single person who's an aspiring stand up with the odd exception but pretty much every single person comes across on telly as being desperate to be famous as being awfully like embarrassing as a human being and just generally quite needy. I mean a lot of people are turned off by that and I'm one of those people. That's just my personal opinion. That's fine. But I would say this. These kind of lists aren't that helpful anyway because, of course, you've we all know people who can tell the most boring story ever and make it the most funniest thing, like the funniest thing in the world. And mm. some people just naturally magnetic and charismatic and generally naturally very funny. Yeah. You yeah. wrote what they said down. It wouldn't necessarily be funny to read, would it? Yeah, true. So there's, true. A, there's a different element to this. It's almost like you're taking a 3D situation mm. and making it 2D and everyone's going, this is a bit shit. Yeah. But on the other hand, it is also quite shit. Yeah, I mean, they, they've kind of exposed her and I don't think Lana Rose is going to enjoy... You can enjoy um, winning the award, but very soon the cynics will point out that you were uh, apparently um, a University of Edinburgh graduate, fine, BBC production trainee, fine, Um, uh, also spent time studying theatre and clowning at Ecole Philippe Gaulier uh, in Paris. Yeah, these are the type of people you're dealing with. (laughs) That's yeah. so tough. She's going to feel very exposed, and it's not her fault. And I feel sorry for her, but she put that joke in there. <laughs> it's, it's 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 also it's like an extension of the kind of theatre type people, isn't it? Well, of course it's it is. I mean, have, have you done Edinburgh? Like, have you done like? No. Right. Well, I couldn't right. be further. I could not be. <laughs> I could not. I love Edinburgh as a city. I visit many, many times. I've always enjoyed it. I could not get further away from that. Right. It's not okay. my thing. I. It is my thing, and I and I um I'm moving over to your side of the of the ledger on this one. I think it's it's I think all of the stand-ups have worked very hard on their shows, have been let down by being included on that list. Of, don't of defend them by saying they work very hard. We all work really hard. You work really hard. Doesn't mean you want a fucking. <laughs> I was half an hour late. Award. <laughs> That's true. Today you were, but generally you're, I've got no problem. Listen, I've got several problems of how you go about your week, and right. I think this show is a testament to that. Good. But I don't, I don't think at any point can say you're not a hard worker. Everyone works hard. It's, it's how it is. That's how life is. I can't. Mm. I don't think that's an excuse. And I would also say this. You know, part of the reason this is like such stuff is so annoying is because for some reason, presu- presumably because TV execs and decision makers think they're a safe bet, is that comedians are effect- infect every part of entertainment now. Mm. Like you can't do a show without having a comedian on it. And I'm not talking about just straight like comedy panel shows that are supposed to be comedy. I mean, I don't really like those personally, but I can't get that. That's light entertainment. That's always been around. Like, you know, for some reason now, though, you want to do a documentary, you want to watch a documentary about fucking anything, 
has to be hosted by a comedian. Yeah, it's but, like, it's, but it's hosted by a comedian, and, and it's usually, I mean, I, I don't mind all that. I, 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 where I take umbrage is um, people who have had every uh, opportunity in life um, bringing their dad along. <laughs> For a laugh. Oh yeah, that's what you that know also what I mean? That's a real yeah. vogue for that kind of thing. Um, I, I and there's a few shows like that, and I find it very. Uh, I find that very gauche. I find that very difficult to watch. Do you know, do you, and, and so I no, don't. I agree. And Peter, <laughs> do you know? Do you know something? Just just a tangent, tangent ever so slightly, but on a related matter, mm. I tell you what's really hit that kind of stuff home. You know, Michael Parkinson died last week. Yeah. Right. Um, as as a man of a certain age of a certain era, said one or two things that we can all disagree with let's get that out of the way but what we're talking about here is a broadcaster is just an unbelievable talent like a, a heavyweight talent like a guy who was so confident and so adept at broadcasting with these amazing figures that it just you watch it back now it's like night and day i mean you you what i watched when he died i watched about 25 minutes of him interviewing orson wells yeah. On Saturday night telly, <laughs> and, the, and and it's not about who can do the wackiest joke and who can you know it's it's like it's interesting heavyweight stuff. And I'm not saying that all TV has to be like that. I'm just saying that at some point along the line we lost the option of having that, mm. and you know chat shows became Graham Vapid. Norton, Alan Carr, what, Jonathan Ross, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not, again, like to make it absolutely clear, I'm not denigrating those people individually, particularly because they're obviously very good at what they do, very charismatic, very clever. Um, but there's no kind of heft or gravity to any kind of TV like that now. And it really does throw it into stark contrast if you go back and watch some of Parkinson's old stuff where he's so confident he just lets them talk and he gently nudges them and it's about them and it's not about him. And I think that's a real shame. And I think that the, the infection of comedy and comedians into everything is, to me, quite a sad indictment. And Mm. um, I don't think it needs to be that way. No. Well, that's comedy sorted anyway. I I also just think the jokes aren't that good. My (laughs) my granddad tells better jokes than that. You're not even trying to be a comedian. Oh, I'd love love you to spend like a few weeks up in Edinburgh. That's why I used to holiday before I discovered flights. (laughs) <laughs> Would you, wait, you're at, at the fringe but yeah I used to go to the fringe for like um, a couple of weeks or, 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 or 10 days or something I used to love it I used to absolutely loads of people it. say that like for a, for a young comedian it's actually not worth doing it now it's too expensive no, it's, it, yeah it always has been and obviously it's, it's getting worse um, Lukey um, there's big talk that um, a head transplant might take place soon <laughs> What a pivot. <laughs> and the, the Luke and Pete show community will be fucking delighted with that and, pivot. And maybe you could have your head replaced with someone who enjoys um, uh, puns. <laughs> and you could sit in the front row of a Tim Vine show, guffawing away. I've actually um, worked with Tim Vine before and he's very nice. Yeah, all right. It's exactly as you'd imagine him to be. Like You couldn't do more than an hour with him. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell um, you that story. No. I was doing a, um, I was guessing on something, TV thing back in the day. Mm. It's crap. Um, but um, they asked me to do it and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Are you on a Debbie back Downer then, today? You feel, you feel very do down it, about your achievements. No, I'm all right. I'm, I'm all right. I don't, I don't know why. It's just coincidence. Honestly, I'll cheer up in a minute. Um, but I um, I did it because Kelly Cates was presenting it and she's my friend and I really like her. And I wanted to do some more TV stuff to see what it'd be like. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And, and it wasn't a great show, but there's nothing to do with Kelly. And what, the other guest was Tim Vine. Right. And uh, we're in the green room beforehand waiting to come on, because it was live. Hmm. And um, Tim Vine came running in like a hundred mile an hour. 
like a um, you know, just exactly as you'd imagine him to be. Yeah. And he had this fucking script in his hand, and um, he was like, "How you doing? I'm Tim. Nice to meet you," kind of thing. And um, I was like, "Yeah, I'm Luke. Yeah, blah blah blah." And um, the script he had in his hand was an episode of um, of Not Going Out, that show with oh, him and yes. Lee Mack. I sitcom. remember now. Yes, he did. I've never really watched it, but it's written by Lee Mack and written yeah. by Andrew Collins, that guy who does everything all the time. <clears throat> um, and uh, he was like, Look, "I'm in a bit of a bind here." Um, I've got a, I've got a record. I've got a tape. Um, not going out tomorrow, and I haven't learnt my lines. Do you mind uh, going through the script with me? So I had to be Lee Mac mm. in the, in the green room and <laughs> go through the whole script and read his lines for him and stuff. It's, stuff. it's actually quite fun. Yeah. Uh, um, so I've got no beef with Tim Vine. He's a very nice man. I was happy to do him a favour. Right. Well, uh, he won't. He won't remember me. But I, 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 I remembered that. I think I did the same um, show. Talk of the Terrace on ESPN. Do you remember that one? Was that the show in question? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, um, my I actually forgot the name of it, but that is correct. Yeah. My core guests were um, Darren Moore, whose career has gone from strength to strength. Um, that skier who broke her leg and then was airlifted to hospital. Oh, Chemi Alcott, she's terrible. Chemi Alcott and Reef. Say what you think about her, the coward. Band, uh, she was all right. It's a bit posh, isn't it? I, don't know. I remember you <laughs> getting fucking fuming about her when you first came back afterwards. Did I? What would I say? She was annoying. Oh, I honestly don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I honestly didn't feel like she was annoying. Was there a band as well? Reef. <laughs> Fucking hell. Re- the Reef, not, yeah. Not doing their old stuff, though. Uh, I think they did their old stuff. I think they performed. They may have performed Pleasure Hands, which, you know, is just astonishing stuff. Given it's like 2008 Reef. or whatever, that's pretty sad. Yeah, well, you know. It's a Got shame, isn't going. it? Got to keep um, going. Oh, but so know. what were you going to say about Tim Vine? You can't remember, can you? Uh, Tim Vine. No, so you could have a head transplant and you could enjoy the um, <laughs> pun-based musings of of, of Tim Vine. Um, but the um, I didn't realise that. But in 1970, um, a surgeon managed to transplant the head of one monkey onto the body of another monkey. Yeah, but the, the small print always says, and it lived for about ten minutes. It lived for eight days, which in monkey okay. time, what's that month? <laughs> I don't, do you, Do you believe that or not? Well, I mean, I don't think there's any footage of it. And yeah, you're right. I I mean, is it alive? <laughs> is it living? I mean, it, so it wasn't connected to the um, spinal cord. So uh, so there was a blood he's supply. He's basically just stitched on and it's not fallen off and he's gone, that's all right. That's <laughs> it not started right. to rot off. But it just seems very complicated for, for the net result is... A monkey that can't really talk because it's got it didn't work properly. I just, I've just posted that... a photo in the chat. Right. right. Yeah. Tell me if you've ever seen anything more depressing than that. Hang on. Where, um, how do I get the chat up? Uh, Luke in the in the WhatsApp. In the oh, WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Right. <laughs> it's the most horrific photo of a monkey you'll ever see in your life. <sighs> Let's have a look. Um, my WhatsApp's being very slow today. Luke. There we go. Oh God. What is that? Yeah. Exactly. What's that? It's the, that's the chair, that's the, that monkey the monkey in question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like he's sort of in front of um oh the pillow. Oh, the pillow's got blood on it or, or oozing something on it. It's awful to think about people And being and it looks it that. looks like he's in uh, the cockpit of a plane going over the Pacific during the war. <laughs> Doesn't it? It does a bit, yeah. It <laughs> looks like it's there's awful. a big that, that kind of, behind it. That kind of stuff is I mean before, it's just awful yeah. to look at that. He's got, I, old, I, I he's, got he's got white hair so he might be an old monkey so he might have I can't, been but I can't on the way out. he's he's not wanted that, has he? He's not, He's not chosen that. that, no. I mean, no, I th- to be I honest, think... it would be hard to teach a monkey enough sign language to tell everyone that he wanted I can remember that. when um, I produced the episode of Eureka about will we ever talk to animals. Yeah. And uh, as we were 
working through it and speaking interview, i interviewed the expert and we we're doing the research and stuff and as mm. we got through the planning i remember chatting to rick and michael and us all just being like yeah this is all fucking bollocks <laughs> like the progress that has apparently been made on this front is, is basically nonsense because these guys just want more funding Right, yeah, yeah. So they just keep you keep you um, keen by going. Oh, yeah. you never know what's around the corner. And then Michael covered it. Where <laughs> Michael covered it well when he said that he did a bit on when. Um, so there was this gorilla that had apparently this amazing vocabulary. Yeah, and uh, and I think it was around the start of when the internet starts to take off, and there was like um, instant chat, and AIM Messenger, and all that kind of stuff. So whatever mm. the public version of AIM Messenger was then, right? They did like a a, a chat with the gorilla. Yeah, I can't remember yeah, the gorilla's yeah, yeah. name. And um, the the gorilla's response was automatically put into the chat, and it's basically the, the gorilla just spent like an hour talking about tits. <laughs> what the gorilla just started talking about tits? So yeah, it was just, it was just like the responses, responses were just like nipple, like nipple, nipple, <laughs> nipple. Uh, Especially and, Reddit. Especially and, like any any woman's Instagram. Yeah, And do you remember nipple, that that kind nipple, of that, that that meme story about um, when? Um, Robin Williams went to meet that gorilla. Right. And they had like this amazing hug with it and they connected yeah. and all the rest of it. And then Robin Williams obviously sadly died many years later. And, mm. the, and the, the chat, the story was that they told that gorilla the news and mm. the gorilla got really sad. Yeah. Basically bollocks. Right. Like never fucking happened. <laughs> like, the, gorilla, the gorilla basically was sad about something at some point around that day. Right. And they just oh yeah, the gorilla remembered Robin Williams and uh, and, and, he was and really knew, upset that, about knew it. that he died. Why are people and, and, so and, silly? And the sign language was just was just like banana cabbage, <laughs> cabbage, nipple, banana, nipple. nipple. Yeah, I missed. Uh, I miss. I miss his nipples. <laughs> there's what absolutely no. So, so what? What they can? What scientists can work <laughs> out is that. Um, is that they? So that there are there are obviously levels of re- really quite high intelligence of certain species, and they have mm. a, language for t- among themselves. Mm. But the, one of the things that came out of it that was quite interesting was about a dolphin that, um, or a, a kind of a school of dolphins that could essentially identify all the different trainers in the in the complex they were in. Yeah, okay. and they could describe them by saying tall or yellow jacket or whatever. Yeah, and and they and they could work out that they were actually speaking in quite between themselves of course between like um quite um high level intelligence like detail yeah. which is obviously you know quite pretty interesting and, and and makes perfect sense but the gap between that and actually being able to converse with an animal is essentially gigantic and is probably unbreachable and i actually read something yesterday saying how ai could help with it by building up a database of communication mm. but then the, what your point and the point is though you're never going to be able to get the animal to subscribe to that and when we spoke to the expert she basically said look what you need to understand is intelligent animals are communicating with you all the time it's just that human beings don't really know how to interpret that and to listen to them and yeah. if you're trying to get an animal to fucking speak through some kind of vocoder box it's just never going to happen because that's not how they communicate and they've not evolved you can't cheat a millions and millions of years of evolution they've not evolved to communicate like that they yeah. communicate another way so basically it's just all complete <laughs> fucking nonsense essentially. I, would, I would sort of say that um, why aren't we as the probably presumably more intelligent creatures um, why aren't we meeting them halfway and learning chimp you know what I mean? It's laziness, yeah, I know. Isn't That's it? what she was saying. Arrogance. <laughs> yeah. So do you start working on your screams and your teeth bearing and your yeah. kind of and your throwing of shit? Yeah. And um, I mean, you do a couple of those already, don't you? <laughs> so it's pretty easy. Yeah. I, I I just think it's one of those situ- situations that happens in science sometimes where people just think it comes from a place first mm. and foremost of oh, wouldn't that be really fucking cool? 
Mm. And it would be, but mm. it's also impossible. So just fucking stop it. <laughs> it's impossible. That's, yeah, that's all the UFO stuff is, though. Wouldn't that be really fucking cool? And we're like, then every week we'd just some another exciting little orb in the sky that I've got to look at. But the but you like ghosts, but not UFOs, and I can't trust someone like that. <laughs> right, we're hitting an ad break. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a second. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, it's the Luca Pete Show. We're back with the Luca Pete Show. This is what the Luca Pete Show does. We go Say away. Again. We come back. What? Say Luke and Pete Show again. Luke and Pete Show again. Three times in one sentence. Three times in one sentence. Look, don't learn, don't learn that at the BBC. Brand recognition, baby. Yeah, it would, yeah. Be, it would probably be some kind of undue prominence. Yeah, it would something be. like that. Yeah. And half the half the any podcast released on the fucking BBC is someone going uh, other insert. Uh, product uh, are available and I don't know where yeah. it started probably Adam and Joe or something other something is is available and it everyone does it and they think it's the funniest thing in the world yeah. it's stop not funny. it stop it it comes from the place that the BBC can't be seen to endorse a product in a, in a range but right? it's just but it's just like it's just a garden full of ricks and you're gonna end up on a rick so just fucking mention um uh, Tesla, <laughs> you know what I mean. Just mention something you like or don't like. Why have you? St- why was that the first thing you thought of? Because I was thinking about. I was thinking, right? What car brand? Jaguar is there? or anything? Well, I was going to say Jaguar. I thought, no, he's going to bring up the fact that I'm an idiot. So I'll say Tesla. <laughs> I gave. I, I we, had a, we had a work. We had a work meeting yesterday that Pete was was in, and uh, which is rare, rare by the way. Um, I don't get the invite. Nobody wants me. That's why it's rare. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and I used an analogy, uh, which I thought worked quite well, and it ended up in you buying a Jaguar that you didn't want. Mm. But it made the point perfectly, didn't it? Correct, it did, yeah. Um, and, and one day, in those meetings, um, you will understand the grunts and, <laughs> and jumping around <laughs> that I do. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was very rude about my favourite car. Um, I'm back I'm back on... Now, now I've um, fixed the vents and um, taken the relays out of the um, battery fuse um, and um, I think... You shouldn't have to do that. 
Shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one, Luke, to be honest. Um, replaced the slam vents in the back of the car uh, and uh, taken the relays out and dried them out because uh, they were soaking fucking wet. Um, it's starting to behave itself and I'm back on board. I'm quite impressed. <laughs> the love affair didn't... has been reignited. I, what, I, what I am quite impressed by, and I'll be honest <clears> with this, I'm being sincere here, mm. is that clearly you've got no history of working with cars. You didn't only pass your test very recently. You like you've Sarah. had no interest in them. It's just um, no, why, but isn't you, it? You've been able to transfer your skill for pulling pulling things apart and fixing them to cars. No, I think no. You no. There's just a lot of other people with similar problems, and they go. Oh, oh so you the, go on the internet. It's the slam vents in the in the boots. So I'm like, all right, I'll get some more slam vents. Um, and then I ran out of time, and the bigger boys at the garage uh, fitted them in the end. But but you know, I'd fitted one of them. Um, but um, but the relay thing was like, uh, they're just wires, aren't they? So as soon so as soon as they dry off. Nine times out of ten, they're fine. Nine times out of ten. And, ten, and the tenth time, you get electrocuted. And the tenth time, you get electrocuted. You're never going to get electrocuted for a car battery. It's only 12 volts. Um, I will I, I will go to my grave believing that as, I, <laughs> as I'm electrocuted. I'm, I'm, quite, um, I'm quite keen on getting a different car now. I've right. kind of fed up with mine. Can I recommend, uh, there is a uh, on Autotrader, a, a Japanese driving instructor's car. Which is a uh, uh, um, uh, a Toyota Crown uh, sort of taxi. How much is it? That's like six grand or something. All my dream cars are like six grand. <laughs> I should have more sweeping uh, aspirations, really, shouldn't I? How much did you drop on the Jag? Uh, well, two grand over what my Fiat was, and the Fiat was like seven or eight or something. So, you know, it's not it's not big money, is it? It's a lot of car for ten grand, isn't it? I know. I think you should be. I mean, I spend more on it when I got back. <laughs> When I got it back to my house. Yeah, exactly. I think you should be in like a classic shape, like eighties Lexus. Yeah, no. That to I me want... is the car I match you to. No, I want a, um, I want a, a, a Toyota Century, which is a uh, like a fifteen grand car, and it's a it's car chat, guys. Um, and it's basically what the Yakuza used to drive back in the day. Yakuza. Yeah, that fits you perfectly. I, I think um, this is a bit like when Alan Partridge on Mid Morning Matters does match the king to the car, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm matching you to uh, to an eighties yeah. Lexus. You're saying no, you want a a, a Yakuza driven Toyota. I want a Yakuza uh, um, 12, 12 I quite. I just want one. This is how boring I am now. I just basically need a car with more space. Right. Yeah. You got a long car, but those sedany ones aren't really yeah, big the at the back. Baby they, just right? comes with so much stuff. It's Kia like Sportage, baby. That's the one I wanted before Sarah said she liked Jags. I was trying to impress a girl. <laughs> oh, that now it becomes clear because it, yeah. it seemed quite random. You came up with a Jag. Well, she and now she, it seems. Well, she was. Uh, well, she'd mentioned that she like. I mean, I think she meant a James Dean sort of nineteen seventies job, not a. Oh, she almost not, certainly did. Mean it. She obviously meant an E type. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> yeah, well, one E-type's of those nice a classic ones. Jag. Isn't is that it? a nice one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice one. Yeah, Point, pointy one. Yeah, um, but I didn't it's do like that. Sixties and seventies car. I just yeah. went. That, that'll, that'll do. That's that's um, too big for my road. I'll get that. Good, good stuff. How much? Oh, so basically, you can get an E-type Jag, according to. Um, so I'll click on Auto Trader because you mentioned it. Right. Okay. Um, mate, you can get a pretty through, decent, going... yeah, 1974 yeah. Jaguar E-type 5.4 manual petrol convertible with 111,000 miles on it. Right. That's uh, not a lot. For a, a mere 125 grand. <laughs> Fucking hell! I mean, it's a classic. Because I presume those kind of cars, I guess you have to kind of you. you kind of have to drop a lot of money every year to to keep them running. Um, and I guess 120 isn't like that. Sounds like people have had a good go at driving it, I suppose. Because a lot of those Mate, kind look of at cars, the picture of it. Though. It's an absolute fucking classic. Look yeah, at the side on oh, picture Christ. of it. It looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a pro- Yeah, that that's a proper car. But that, but you only ever see 
men with no hair yep. driving down a motorway um, yep. in their in their later years, and their and it looks like their hair's flow, fl- flown off. So um, I think so. If you've got like an amazing supercar, right? right I think it would be quite cool if because whenever you see someone like a Ferrari or one of those, mm. like you say, they're kind of like Brexit central, older mm. blokes. They're mm. very uncool. It's like okay, great. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to look at you. I'm bringing the mean age of do. Jaguar down by at least one year. <laughs> but, but I th- but I think if you were quite a cool young person who wasn't one of those kind of you know andrew tate types but you're just a little mm. bit kind of mm. alternative and you had one i think that might look quite that'd be quite a nice I th- flex. but that's what i mean i think um youth is yes worse on the young and all that but i would Definitely. say that i i w- if i was to get into cars properly and i was a rich young person why would you want a fucking maserati or a tesla or you know why would you want those things why don't you just get why don't you just get like an absolute i mean awful to drive i imagine <laughs> but um but uh why don't you just get like some nice old classic sort of 80s Lotus Esprits or something. Oh, that's class. That'd be brilliant. I think they're all, aren't they all just really dangerous? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think one of the things that, um, uh, one of the issues is that the um, uh, the dashboard splits down the middle, which is not what you want to see really, is it? No, definitely not. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, Pete, yeah. let's, let's get out of it because we're, we're out of time and um, I would like ideally to talk about the guy who's um, stepping down from voicing uh, Mario after however many years. Oh yes. Uh, 27 years. Charles Martin here. Yeah, but we'll do that um, Do that next time around. So uh, thank you very much for listening to the Luke and Pete Show on this Monday. We will be back on Thursday, as usual, with more of this. Um, so do get in touch. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com is the email address. We are at Luke and Pete Show on Twitter and Insta and at the Luke and Pete Show on TikTok and YouTube. You can find us over there 24 hours a day, baby. It's always there waiting for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see you on Thursday. Have a nice week. Say goodbye, Peter. Goodbye. Goodbye from me too. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 